0: If you look on the road behind, behind Jesus and His disciples, you will find all kinds of things that, that were left behind. Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 1. If you have your Bibles with you, Mark chapter 1. And I'll be reading verses 16 to 20. So Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, I'll be reading verse 16. And the word of God says, Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers. Of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther thence, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. You know if you read the gospels throughout the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ he was consistently calling individuals to follow him. You would always see that. He would always call people to follow him. Now, in fact in Matthew chapter 1 verse 17 you know as we read the passage he called Simon and Andrew to follow him. And the Bible says that straightway, it mean, means immediately, they forsook their nets and followed him. And in the same chapter in verse 19, we see in that passage that Jesus called James and John to follow him. And again, the uh, Bible says that immediately their father, uh, they, they left their father, their ship, their hard servants, and... Followed the Lord Jesus Christ. In the same account in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, when Jesus called to follow him, uh, when, when Jesus called Matthew to follow him. And the Bible says also that immediately Matthew left his job and followed him. Now if you look at look at that in the other perspective, on the contrary, in Mark chapter 10 jesus called the rich young ruler and i believe you know that story and told him to sell whatsoever he had and followed him but because but the bible says but because he has great possessions he went away grieving he went away grieving and also the same in Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 62. It's very interesting here because there are three half-hearted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ that's mentioned here in this passage. And out of the three, one person, one person was personally asked by Jesus Christ to follow him. But instead of following Christ immediately, he gave some excuses to delay himself in following the Lord. So as you can see of these passages, Jesus was consistently calling individuals to, you know, to follow him. And I assume of all these passages that I mentioned, you are very familiar, um, you' are very familiar of it and uh, of these uh, passages, and at the same um, you can see that if you've served, it's the same call, right? It's the same call. It's the call to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, but there are three different answers here. And so, as I read these passages, have you ever wondered why some chose to follow Jesus Christ? And the Bible says, many chose. To reject his call to follow. Well, in fact, if you read John chapter 6, verse 6 to 6, we are told that from that time, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And for me, that's a sad moment. Well, I'm not the Lord Jesus Christ, but if you can see the passage is really sad moment because you can can you can imagine a lot of crowd, multitude following the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he and then when he finally said to them, you know, come, follow me. And as they heard the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, many of them went back. And walk no more with Him. You know, what do you think is involved in following the Lord? So tonight, we will learn five things involved in following the Lord Jesus Christ. But uh, let us all pray first. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to, to be here we thank you that you gave us your word. And Lord, we, we don't want to just hear the message. but We want change also in our lives. And so, Father, we ask that you would move our hearts and help us, dear Lord, to change our perspective. Not only change our perspective, but to change how we, how we live our life as Christians. And we entrust to you, dear Lord, that that your word will speak into our hearts tonight. And so, Father, bless our time now, we pray in your name. Amen. So I asked earlier, what are the things, that in, uh, things involved in following the Lord? Well, first one here in our passage, you can see following the Lord involves some things will, we will leave behind. Okay? Some things... We will leave behind. And you can see that in verses 18 and to 20. And the key word here, in order for you to remember it, is abandon. Abandon. There are things that we might abandon or, as a Christian, we should expect there are things that we should leave behind in order to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And as, as what I've said in verse 18, Simon and Andrew, it says here in verse 18, and straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And also in verse 20, the Word of God says, James and John, and straightway he called them, and they left their father's Zebedee in the ship with their, the hired servants and went after him. And also we've we read in... I mentioned to you in mark chapter 10 verse 21 that jesus told the rich rich young ruler to live everything everything he had and follow follow him and at the same time in matthew chapter 9 verse 9 matthew left his profession as a tax collector and followed the lord jesus christ well except for a young ruler of course these men left their job profession nets family and maybe their plans in life in order to follow the lord jesus christ now you might ask yourself well so should i do the same as what they did well i believe that god will reveal it to you if that's the will of that's his will for you in your life but my point is this when we follow the lord expect that you will live some things behind. That's my point here. You will live something, some things behind. Now, before I went to the Bible college, I, I, know, I know God um, just early in, in my high school. God is stirring my, my heart to go to the Bible college, even just for a year. But I didn't go. Um because I aspire to be an engineer. So I follow what I felt like a good decision for myself. But after, after that, I made bad decisions and never got to finish what I planned. Then the Lord turned my attention to the ministries at church. I volunteered for about eight eight months to, uh, to the church where my sister worked as a lady worker. She's working in a full-time ministry also. Um, in those times, God uh, burdened. He used that, those times to burden my heart uh, to, uh, in the ministry. But, you know, as, as on those times, my plans were still on the way. Part of me still wanted to finish what I have started in the university. But my family, especially you know, my, my mom and um, my dad, and son, and uh, of course my sisters, suggested to finish even just a one-year Bible college before returning to university. And I'm glad I did, because during the, my first year, God got a hold of my heart. Heart. You know, all the fears of tomorrow, and things I'm concerned in life. He took care of it, and He gave me peace. And that's why in September of 2008, I will not forget that moment because it's a missions conference, and that's I surrendered my, my life to full-time service and gave away my personal plans in, in life. And after that, that God took away the, my desire to become an engineer. He slowly did that. So you see, you know, in my personal life, I, God wanted me to le- leave my personal plans behind and let Him have His own will in my life instead. I'm not saying that your situation is the same as my situation. I'm not saying that at all. But that's my point is that when you decide to follow the Lord, you will leave things behind. There are things that you need to live behind. This is very true, especially in our salvation. When we got saved, it means that we will leave our sinful ways behind. We will no longer be living in sin. We're we're freed from sin. We uh, We were once enslaved to sin, But when we decided to follow the Lord, meaning believing in Jesus Christ, we were freed from the bondage of that sin. And you might wonder, if we are freed from the bondage of sin, why then do Christians still sin? That's a good question. Well, Christ's death on the cross saved us from the penalty of sin meaning that we're no longer going to hell. That's our past. We are now heaven-bound to those who trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, when Jesus returns for His saints, He will save us from the presence of sin, and that is our future. We will never sin again. But because we are still in the present, present time, meaning we are still looking for that blessed hope that we will see Christ face to face and live with Him. But of course, Jesus is saving us right now from the power of sin. The Bible says that you can have the victory, the victory because of the Holy Spirit that holds, that's in us. We can have that victory over sin. Before, we can't do that because we are in bondage of sin. Not only it is true in our salvation, but it also, uh, and it means that we will leave sinful ways behind, but it also means we will leave behind the life we planned that was centered around us. Now, before we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we got saved, we have this mentality that all our life revolved in ourselves because that's uh, just human nature. It's us itself. Now, in Luke chapter nine, verse twenty-three, Jesus said to his disciples that if any, if if they come after him, and said they should deny themselves, and meaning that they should stop trusting their ability and strength to live here, uh, to live here on earth, meaning that they should stop, you know doing for their own selves and just uh, uh, let God be the God of their lives. And so when we follow Jesus Christ, our life now is about Him. And we should understand that. and We should get a hold of that um, truth That because we are bought with a price and we are not of our own already. Our life is about Him. It is centered around Him. It's all about His will in our lives rather than our will in our lives. Someone said, in, someone said if you look on the road behind, behind Jesus and His disciples, you will find all kinds of things that, that were left behind. There were fishing nets left behind. There was a boat left behind. There were family members left behind. There was business left behind. There was money left behind. There were sins left behind. There were sinful partner, partners and relationships who had to be left behind. There, were, there was ego and self-selfishness and self-centered left behind. There were careers that were left behind. So following Jesus involves l- leaving things behind. Now a good question to ask yourself right now is that what are the things that I left behind for following the Lord Jesus Christ? Is there something that you left behind when you follow the Lord Jesus Christ? And the truth is, If you follow Jesus, there will be things you leave on the road behind. Another question would be, what should you be leaving behind as you continue to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Because indeed the Bible says, we cannot serve God in mammon. You should choose one or the other. For the disciples, there's no middle ground. So you see, following the the Lord Jesus Christ, first, it involves, there's things that will leave behind. But not only that, in point number two, following Jesus Christ involves spending time with Him. Now for that, let me direct your attention to Mark chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. 13 and 14. Mark chapter 3. The word of God says, And he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he he would. And they came unto him. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him. They should be with him. Now the first point, the key word there is abandon. Now for a second point, the key word here is fellowship. Fellowship. Jesus called his disciples to follow him and one one of the purposes is that so that they should be with him. Now think about that for a moment and reflect the truth in our salvation. We should understand that apart from the saving work of Jesus Christ, there can no fellowship between God and man. There can no fellowship between God and man because, but, because, but because we chose to follow Christ, meaning we believe and accept Jesus Christ, we can now have that fellowship with God forever. Now the Bible says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust that He might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened in the spirit you see we we will be with God forever in heaven someday but while we wait for Christ's return God wants us to spend time with Him because that's His desire He wants us to spend time with Him. I mean, with all the things that He has done, right? If you think of all the things that He has done, including our salvation, could we not spend time with Him every day? I mean, just the very least, right? If you just think of it. Could we not spend time with Him every day? Now, in connection to that truth, it, it reveals, actually, our love towards Him. It's a big part of following Jesus Christ. When, when you get saved, you certainly love Jesus. Because it's impossible to really accept the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in Him without loving Him. And because we love Him, you spend time with, with Him, just like Mary, you know, whom uh, Luke mentioned in chapter 10 that she sat at the feet of Jesus, showing His love for Him, and he, list, he listened to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, a lot of you here ha, um, are married already, Right? And marriage is, I think for me, it's no use if you don't spend time with each other as a husband or wife. I mean, that's, that's uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, it, I can't um, explain if you don't spend time with each other. Because that's what it makes you, you know, your marriage, it's love. And it's the same with, with our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We, should, we spend time with Him because we love Him. Jesus said that, you know, Mary hath chosen the good part by spending time with with Him. And I believe that in all the events that that happen in our lives every day, in all the events, if you think of it, spending time with Jesus is the best event we could have. Because if you never spend time on that day, you actually miss the most important event in your life. So you see, following the Lord Jesus Christ involves, involves there are things that you should left behind and we, we, we should abandon them. And the next, that it involves spending time with Him, meaning fellowship. And the third would be following Jesus, involves telling others about Him. Now, look with me in Mark chapter 3, verse 14. I I believe you're still there. Mark chapter 3, verse 14. And he ordained the twelve that they should be with him. And look at the next uh, phrase. And that he might send them forth to preach. I mean, that is, for me, soul winning. It's not that, you know, the same as what I'm doing, but... But, uh, you know, telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that points number two and this point here, point number three, are connected because can Jesus' disciple tell others about Christ if they don't spend time with Him? Do you think? Maybe. but the more, But the more you know Christ, the more you understand that his heartbeat is the Great Commission. It's all over the place in the Gospels that his heartbeat is the Great Commission. It's the reason why he left the the church here on earth before uh, before he will take us home in heaven so that we can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And also, the more we spend time with him, the more we are burdened to the lost souls of men because that's his heartbeat. You know, for example, in Luke chapter 9, the man in Gadara, he met the Lord Jesus Christ. He was transformed. Then the Bible says that he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. At the same time, in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, she met Christ. He, she was transformed. Then the Bible says that she went her way into the city and told the man about Christ. So it also means that when we follow Christ, he expects us to be The fishers of men. And that's in our passage in verse 17. Follow me, for I'll make you fishers of men. That's basically what he meant to, you know, to to reach out others. And so, I kind of think of it, and there's another key word that we can actually add into this. Not only soul winning, but people. People. You know, look at Jesus' ministry. Can you notice that it's all about touching people's lives? Touching people's lives. Because the Great Commission was never intended to stop in evangelism, but it continues in discipleship, right? Because um, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded thee. And lo, I am with thee with always, always, even unto the end of the world. So you can see that it involves people. You probably heard this before that what, wherever you go, you are Christ's ambassador and light. You are Christ's Light to your workplace, to your school, or to your neighbors. You can see that following the Lord Jesus Christ involves telling others about Him. But number four, not only only to, you know, keyword, abandon, fellowship, soul winning, and here in number four, following Jesus Christ involves embracing suffering. And uh, Pastor White mentioned of uh, this also. But if you if we go to Luke chapter nine, Luke chapter nine, and look with me in verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. the Word of God says, And He said to them all, If any man, any man will come after Me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily, and follow Me. Now the key word for this, point number four, sufferings. Sufferings. Sufferings may come in different forms. And perhaps persecutions, trials, health, and many more. And when we suffer for Christ, we become partakers of the sufferings of Christ. And that's what it means to follow Him. In Acts chapter 5, verse 41, you can see there that Peter and John were beaten because of preaching Christ. But the Bible says that they depart from the presence of the council, the Sanhedrin, and you would notice this, that they, the Bible says that they went out rejoicing, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Also in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the Bible says that when we follow Christ, we should take up His cross, and the word there is daily, daily. Meaning as, as Christians, actually, we should expect, we, we should not be surprised if we have sufferings in life, but we should expect them, and we should embrace them. When we go through sufferings, we will notice the greater intimacy between you and God. And that's why Paul, I think, mentioned in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that you know, he wants to know Christ, but he said also the fellowship of his sufferings. And that phrase is, you know, it's hard to really grasp you know, into, into my mind because really, humanly speaking, when you go into the sufferings in life, it's hard to really embrace sufferings. And I know that or all of you have been part of that, but it's hard to embrace sufferings. but the Bible says here that when we follow the Lord, we should embrace the sufferings. You know there's, uh when an Anglican bishop of Madras was visiting Travancore, it's actually in India in around 1800s, there was Introduced to him a little slave girl called the Child Apostle. That's her name. The, well, the title. Well, she had won this title by the zeal which she took, uh, which she talked of Christ to others. That's how she got her name. Her quiet, uh, her quiet, steady persistence in this. In this, had won several converts to Christ. But she had suffered persecutions too brutal to relate. And when she was introduced to the bishop, her face, neck, and arms were disfigured and uh, scarred by stripes and blows. As they looked at her, the good man's eyes filled. And he said, My child, how could you bear this? And then she looked up at him in surprise and said, Don't you like to suffer for Christ, sir? That's what she said. You know, the Bible says in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's part of our life being a Christian. We may not experience the same sufferings as Jesus did or like Paul and other apostles. We may not experience the same sufferings as the little slave girl did. But those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ shall experience sufferings. And we need to learn how to embrace it, how to accept it in our lives. So we have abandoned, fellowship, um, what's number three? Soul winning. And number four, sufferings. And then number five, following Jesus involves becoming like him and the word here is christ likeness christ likeness let's turn to matthew chapter 10 matthew chapter 10 verse 25 matthew 10 verse 25 well i'll read verse 24 first the disciple is not above his master nor the servant above his Lord, it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. I'll just stop there. So you can see, I, um, I put this in the end because this, is, this should be the, the goal. The goal of every Christian is to be like Christ to be like Christ. In Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 to 14, as Paul looked upon himself in a state of you know imperfection, right? He recognized that he is not there there yet. But he said he followed after. He followed after. And he also said he pressed toward the mark. He pressed toward the mark. The idea here is like you know, an athlete straining toward the goal, and our goal is to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when, when Jesus Christ started his ministry, he preached a powerful sermon, known to be as the Sermon on the Mount, and you know you know all all of you knows about it. In that sermon, he began by telling the multitudes about the people live in his kingdom. He actually, you know, kind of give them a glimpse or kind of describe to them, what is my kingdom look like? And he said to them, you know, the people that live in my kingdom, those who are poor in spirit, they that mourn, the meek, they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, the merciful, pure in heart, the peacemakers, and they which persecuted for righteousness' sake. You know, to be like Christ is easier than than done, right? You all agree with that. But I believe that it's not impossible. It is possible to be like Christ because of the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. I mean, just think of it. Christ would not command it to us if it's impossible, right? He will not say to us, you know, be ye holy for I am holy. He will not say to us that, you know, to be like me, follow me. He will not say that if it is impossible. But because it is possible, he said this to, you know, to follow him, to be like him, to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have five things. Following the Lord Jesus Christ involves living things behind, meaning we, we, there are things that we should abandon. Following the Lord Jesus Christ involves spending time with Him, meaning we should have fellowship with Him every single day of our life. Following the Lord Jesus Christ, it involves um, telling others about Him, meaning get involved in soul winning. Get involved in touching the lives of people. Following the Lord Jesus Christ, it involves um, embracing sufferings. Meaning we should you know, know and understand and even be a partakers of the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, following the Lord Jesus Christ involves becoming like Him christ-likeness now to wrap to wrap things these things up you know when jesus says follow me it doesn't mean going just going to the church or doing something in the church it doesn't mean head knowledge about the lord jesus christ or you know don't get me wrong but these things that i mentioned going to the church doing the ministry in the church are are good things they are good things, and we should do it faithfully. However, following Christ is more than that. Is more than that. It involves leaving uh, leaving things behind, spending time with Him, telling others about Him, and becoming like Him and embracing the suffering. And as I ponder about, upon these thoughts, you know, for those five. It takes courage, dependence on God, and faith in Him to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And I think many Christians busy themselves with other things and not strive to be faithful followers of Christ because it involves, really, these five things. I mean, it's, it's just to think of it, it's really hard. It involves commitment. It involves dependence to God and faith in Him. But that's, you know, um, that's what God wants in our in our lives, the Christian. You might say, you know, it's it's humanly impossible. It's humanly impossible. Well, let me say this: it is humanly impossible. Uh, humanly possible, I mean. That's why we told told in, in John chapter 15, because it is humanly possible, we cannot do it on our own. In John chapter 15, Jesus Christ said, Abide in me. Abide in me. Because without him, it is impossible to follow him. It is impossible to grow in our Christian life. It is impossible to bear much fruit. I think we can evaluate ourselves with these truths we learned tonight. And how are, you know, how are we how are we doing as we following the Lord Jesus Christ? Following Christ is not just for his disciples or for the select few, not just for pastors, missionaries, uh, evangelists. The call to follow is for every everybody. Following Christ is for everybody. But before you follow Him in fellowship, first, you need to follow Him by having relationship. You need to get saved now to those of you who have not had a relationship yet, you need to get saved now and follow him in fellowship. And to so all of you who have already the relationship, why not follow Christ in your life? Now I will end this story. How many of you know Garibaldi? He is actually a great Italian military hero from the 19th century, and he raised an incredibly committed volunteer army. His appeal for recruits was rather unique as he offered only these terms. I offered neither pay nor quarters no provis- nor provisions. I uh, offer hunger, thirst, forced marches, battles, and deaths. Let him who loves his country with his heart and not with his lips only Follow me. Garibaldi is not the first man make such an offer. In fact, the Son of God came to earth to bring salvation and trained up disciples and carried the gospel of salvation to all the world. Jesus invites you to be his disciples, to be his followers. To his invitation now to you is to join him, to be, to follow him. In his request by him to join you where where you are right now. Jesus lets us know up front that there is a disciplined commitment that is going to cost you everything. The road walking, actually, with Jesus is not going to be easy. And to paraphrase Garibaldi's words, let him who loves the Lord with His heart, not with His lips only, be the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and become His followers. You know, if Jesus Christ repeatedly calls individuals to follow Him during His earthly ministry, then I believe with all my heart that this is the calling for you and me today as well. He is saying, Follow me. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.